0: All right, so you know that sound means one thing. You found the Greg's Garage Pod with Coach Jason Pridmore presented by Bike911.com. Hi, everyone. If you have any problems, legal advice, maybe a contract or two, go visit Bike911.com. Hang out with our boy Alex Asante; He'll take care of you. Now I'd like to welcome in Jason Pridmore. Jason, how are you? It's been, what, two days? Since two days,
1: G-Dub. How you feeling?
0: Much better. Energy level's good. This is a typical mm. cycle for me with a cold, Jay starts off the yeah. like 99% of the time, it's the same way. It's yeah. sore throat. Then the next, like that lasts like a day, day and a half. Then the head stuff comes in, head congestion. And then it goes right to the top of my respiratory. And I get this little mm. like cough. Eh, 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 and cute. then it goes away. Yeah, it's really cute. So I'm probably going to sound like this through Laguna, which is going to be great. But, You're fine. You're going to be right. good. No, good. Energy level's up. Went out, shot the toe yesterday. Good. Did all that stuff. So, so good to go.
1: We did... Uh, yeah, because we just did our last podcast two days ago because of Greg's illness. Oh, happy and the 4th of I, July,
0: by the way. It's four, yeah, it's 4th happy 4th of, July. 4th of
1: July, everybody. Enjoy your barbecues and stuff. But I wanted to get that podcast out of the way because of our guest today, G Dub. So when we uh, when we do get Kayla on here in a little bit, I thought, because we had so much talk about, didn't we, last week? We had all the Ridge, and we had Asson, and we had all the stuff that's coming up with Laguna, and I thought our podcast is going to be three hours long because we want to be able to chat with her a little bit today. So that'll be good.
0: She's 15 years old. Do you think she's got an hour's worth of stuff to say? I don't think so.
1: Nah, She probably could. She's pretty articulate. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Because this this yeah.
0: podcast, it's going to be Kayla Yaakov, and we're going to get her to pronounce her name properly. All right. But I do have a voicemail from her old man that pronounced it for me <laughs> properly. So even if she says it differently, I could care less. Until she's 18, she's got yeah. nothing to say. Her old man said it. Got to listen to dad. Got to listen to pop's. Uh, yeah. we're going to talk a little bit of promoto, and of course we're going to do news presented by Arai. So you want to, get, let's just get to it because the quicker we get through this stuff, the quicker we get yeah. to Kayla. Okay. Yeah. If you wonder, wait, wait, hold on. If you're wondering why Kayla's on this podcast, then you're clueless. All right. Because she, she, she got her second first place finish. Her first, Best second, first, her first, second, <laughs> her second, first, whatever Gee, the hell it was. You're doing a great job. She won again. Second first
1: win. Yes. right
0: exactly uh and she just turned 15 years old so we got to talk to her because mm-hmm. she's a ripper absolute freaking ripper so mm. if you want to support us on patreon patreon.com slash Garage tv and if you want to check out my youtube channel it's Greg's Garage tv if you want to take a Pridmore's youtube channel it doesn't exist all right so now it's time for news presented by arai Oh yeah, it's that time of year. The weather is getting warm. I mean, dude, it's in the 90s here on the East Coast, bro. Brutal. You want those antimicrobials in the liner of your helmet. Why wouldn't you? Keeps you fresher longer, stink less. Although the Arai helmet, you can pull the liner out, wash everything, JD Beach style, which he does after every single session. A little obsessive compulsive is the JD Beach. But he gets the stuff clean. But you, because you're lazy and you don't want to wash your helmet, Antimicrobials. Visit nariahamericas.com. Go down to your dealer for fitment and pick yourself out a helmet right there at the dealership. Put a new lid on. Summertime, people. All right. Jay, we're going to keep this short. Last week, last week, two days ago, what I didn't talk about was the new Ducati V21L Moto E motorcycle. Dude, they they launched the thing. Uh, they've had, I think, DeAngelis or somebody's riding it. You know, Michele Piero's riding the thing. It is an electric motorcycle that looks like a GP bike. Now, if you don't know, Ducati's going to be providing 18 Moto E bikes for the Moto E Championship beginning next season, and this was kind of their first run at it. Jay, the thing looks absolutely wicked, phenomenal. All right, it's it's 12 kilograms lighter than the than the limit, so 26 and 5 under the limit right now. 150 horsepower, making all kinds of torque and all that kind of stuff. Did you get a chance to see the thing? Did you watch the video, the little launch video? Oh, or I didn't. I didn't.
1: I didn't see the video, but I saw Piro wrote it, and he was like really, really impressed. And um, so that basically means they're going to have a new weight limit now, right, G Dub? I mean, they would have to. I would guess. I
0: mean, I kind of hope that, they do. I, I think a lot of that yeah. is going to. I'll tell you who wishes there would be a lighter bike. You know, and a lighter weight limit is going to be Michelin for sure because mm-hmm. they provide yeah, those tires. So they're going to want less. You know, twenty six and a half pounds That's pretty significant.
1: That's a, that's a big jump and it definitely does look more of the part. And I don't know if it's me or, or what you've seen this year with Moto E, but it looks like the numbers are down a little bit on that class compared to what they were even last year. I could be wrong on that, but I thought before that we had a few more entries. And I think that with this motorcycle, it's going to, you know, inject a little bit more. How many are they building, right? How many though. actually do they, there's 18. Okay. So maybe that's what they require on the grid. But to me in a couple rounds this year, it looked like there was less than that. So, um, you know, and I think that with technology and how it's going and you, we talked a little bit prior to this about how they have built the batteries on this bike to conform with the shape of the fairings across the bottom part of the, of, uh, of the motorcycle. So there's a lot of technology still being spent on, on moto e-bikes and, uh, it's an interesting championship. I think a is leading it this year. Um, but I haven't been able to watch as many as I had the last couple.
0: Well, I can tell you watching the video, it sounds wicked. I mean, it really does. Yeah, I'm going to go. Piero said it he today. he sounded like a jet engine when he first got on it, but he said four corners in, it was really cool because in the video they're talking like the engineers were like, so we hear this really weird sound coming out of the final corner, and it was a knee puck on the ground because they're so quiet, you oh, know, wow. and they hadn't heard no that before. Way. But the thing to keep in mind is Ducati's launching this thing, and and um, you know there's a lot of technology. They're owned by Volkswagen, they're owned by the Volkswagen Group, which is VAG, VAG, and they have a center of excellence in Germany. And uh, it's it's all about the e technology stuff. And so you know they have Audi, Porsche, Lamborghini, obviously Volkswagen. There's a bunch of brands in there. they were able to pull a lot of information on how to do things. And it's that battery, the way they form it, and how they cool it as well, which is a big deal. So they cool, have a cooling system for the battery and the motor itself. But anyway, so uh, yeah, there you go. There's your news presented by RI.
1: Yeah, very very cool stuff. Uh, real quick, over the weekend, Redbud. Uh, one of the all-time best stops, I guess, on the motocross tour. Um, Eli Tomac dominated GW. Went one-one. If you watched any of it, he got a whole shot in the first moto, and that usually means bad stuff for the competition. Chase Sexton didn't get a good start. First moto ended up second. I say the first moto because I didn't get to watch the second because they had uh-huh. three races. They had three races on MAV. They had the 250 of moto one and two, and moto one from 450.
0: But well, the, the Moto 450, Two and Four Fifty was, was Moto Two and Four Fifty was an actual race, so it actually like oh, it was. It was. I didn't get to see it. Did yeah, see it? it was like Roxon. Yeah, oh, okay. and Sexton got out got out early or something like that, and somebody had to pass, and then Tomac had to basically reel him in, and it was kind of late in the Moto uh, where he made he made the pass. Oh, he did. Sexton ends up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of a thing there, but so it was a little bit of a race.
1: It's kind of a wild finish because Barsha ends up going third overall with eight three. Jason Anderson seven four. He got taken out in the first turn of the first moto. Came from like thirty fifth or whatever he was. Came all the yeah, way back. Yeah, Barcia actually got the whole seventh. shot. And was
0: leading for the Barsha led for the first lap. Actually, now that I think about it,
1: did he in the first race? Our second in race, and two, then Joyce Savac, Roxon ended up going four seven. So he went backwards in the second moto. Obviously, and Savachi, who's taking place at AC, um, he ended up third and ninth. Dungey goes six five for seventh overall, which is kind of strange. Uh, Christian Craig, Plessinger, and Watlin ended up rounding out the top 10. And I know you got the 250 results. I did watch those because Shimoda ended up winning, which I thought was great. Yeah, Um, Joe won.
0: That's right. My boy Shimoda won. He goes 1-3. But the thing was in Moto2, he came from way back, dude. He was like in the 20s or almost 30th or something like that after a crash and worked his way all the way up to third.
1: Yeah, that's he did. And he rode amazing. And He's really the only ones that has been able to keep the Lawrence brothers kind of honest. It looked like uh, he rode right with them, and unfortunately, Jet's motor blew in the first. And that so was the, kind of the, the big guys news, changed. wasn't it? That was the big news. I don't, what's the points in that right now, Gw? You
0: the know, points have Hunter Lawrence leading over Jet by seven. So it's turned the championship okay. kind of upside down because of that zero. <clears throat> where's
1: uh, where's Shimoda in that? Shimoda's P three,
0: but Jet uh, Hunter's got two eighteen, and Joe's got one eighty two. So it's yep. almost almost 30 points behind, 29 points behind. And there's still what do we have left? 6 races. Oh, yeah, still a bunch of races which, Yeah, left we and... finish off it. They go back to where <laughs> they started. So yeah, Yeah, they don't stop. Those guys do not
1: stop. So Good.
0: good yeah, so I think they're
1: they they've, they've got another races next weekend, I believe when we're off to uh we're off to uh, Laguna Seca obviously. So have to uh set those TVs so you can watch them when you get back.
0: All right, so now we got to welcome in our guest. So happy to have Kayla Yakov on the podcast. Kayla, welcome to the Grace Garage podcast with Jason, Braymore. How are
2: you? I'm doing great. How are you guys?
0: Yeah, doing great. doing well. I can't speak for Jason. He's <laughs> so I don't really know. But listen, uh, oh, just because this guy's
1: got a little bit more energy. If you'd have seen him two days ago, oh Jay can't do a podcast. I had to razz him to do his our podcast last week on Saturday. I'm like, dude, come on, get up off the couch. Stop eating Doritos and playing video games, and like, let's get this podcast out so we could talk to Kayla more on Monday. So you know, it thanks was, for doing this on Pedi-a-lite. July Fourth. It, it was it
0: was Pedialyte that really got you know Pedialyte and an oh. apple. That's what really got oh, me going. God, an apple. So, your body anyway, probably was, no, enough, enough about <laughs> your body
1: goes into shock eating <laughs> an apple. Anything fruit, your body's in shock. <laughs>
0: hmm. Enough <laughs> about you and me. Why don't we talk about Kayla mm-hmm. since she's the guest? Hey, Kayla. So uh dot <laughs> junior cup competitor. <laughs> You're coming off of the Ridge Motorsports Park with a big W. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your team and your season and how things have been going. Actually, since you just turned 15 years old, you just really started your Moto America. I think it's a one-year anniversary. Tell us about your Moto America career and uh, about your team and all that stuff and what's going on now.
2: Yeah, so uh, this year I'm racing for Altus Motorsports in the SportbikeTrackyear.com Junior Cup. And uh, it's going pretty good. I'm, I'm really happy with it. I think you know, going into Ridge, um, our last round at Ridge, um, you know, that would be, that was my first full year in Moto America, my first full season. So, uh, coming back to a track I knew was really cool, but yeah, starting from the beginning, um, you know, it was, we didn't really know what to expect going into Moto America because I had never done anything, um, professional. I've only raced club, so it was a bit, bit of a step, you know, So going into Ridge, uh, I just came off doing my first race in Europe at Mizano and, uh, you know, we didn't, didn't have any expectations and it was really cool to come around with a a ninth and a sixth, I believe is what I finished in, uh, my first year at Ridge and, you know, just kept checking off boxes in, in year one. And at the end of the year, we came out really strong, um, with some good top five finishes and, and a podium at the end of the season. So, uh, it kind of set the tone for my next season. You know, uh, we battled with a lot of stuff during the off season. We didn't really know what we were going to do. But, you know, coming into this, we had a great team behind us and uh, I knew that it was a bike worthy of a podium and that, you know, if I just worked hard enough, you know, worked on the things I struggled with last year, um, I knew it was going to pay off, but uh, I definitely didn't expect to be Consistently on the podium, and uh, even even to get a win this year was was pretty cool because I didn't expect that at all. But it's going really well.
1: You know, Kayla, when I look back at your first year last year, I think a lot of people knew that you were that you were coming to the class. Um, your social media and people that I spoke with, especially around uh, the mini tracks around the country, people were talking about you, and then I got to see you a little bit um, out at the track at Walla um, I believe it was before. Obviously, it was before you did your first Junior Cup, and it's like, wow, the hype is going to be real. You know, when you Caleb gotta believe the hype. And, and I remember
2: that. You, you, you gotta, gotta believe, believe the, the hype. hype. Gotta believe um, the
1: hype. But let me let me ask you this. You know, last year, I, I know it's always tough when you go to new tracks, new places. Those last two rounds last year, Jersey and Barber really come to mind for me because you actually got to see the pace up front. Like you actually finally got to be on the back of those guys uh, be in the lead draft, lead some races. And obviously in the rain, we got to see how strong you were in the rain. How much confidence did that give you going into your off season before you came into, you know, the 2022 season that, you know, that you knew going into the off season, you could run the pace with them.
2: It was really cool. You know, at at Jersey, um, I had only been to Jersey once before for, uh, you know, one, one race day and, uh, for club racing. And, Um, I knew that going into that round, I actually knew the track, which is in itself, you know, a big confidence boost because I wouldn't have to go out and learn it in free practice. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was really cool to run up front, um, in both of those races. And even through the barber weekend, um, you know, I had some really good pace, um, in qualifying, you know, I got a little bit of bad luck there, but, um, you know, I didn't think that, um, those last two rounds, would have been, you know, such a, uh, I guess, it set such a tone for this year, I think, because to be able to run in that group in those last two rounds and then now being consistently in that group is just, is really cool and something I didn't really think would happen this year. Um, You know, our goal for this year was just to try to finish in the top five and you know, be consistently in or around that front group, but it's it's really cool to be you know leading races now and and up front. Um, I'm really happy with the progression we've had. Give
1: us a little insight on your background. Like I know I know, Dad raced. I've talked to Dave a couple times, and uh, he always talks GW to me about. I think I don't know if it was with Greg. It could have been, but we I called a a GNF race. I guess a number of years back, <laughs> it were a Wearer race, and your dad was at the GNF and and uh I was talking about him I guess there but um what's your background like how old were you when you got started where did you get started what did you ride start riding and all those kind of things
2: so um I actually started on go karts when I was like uh 3 I think so so
1: long ago
0: huh it's just so long ago.
2: <laughs> I know I know <laughs> Wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think uh, I started on go-karts, and then, um, you know, I didn't like it too much, so I wanted to try bikes because I knew my dad raced um, for 15 years. And so um, I told him I want to start riding, so he, he got me a uh, uh, a Suzuki JR50, and we started doing flat track, and uh, it, was, it was really cool. And uh, I did that from when I was, I think... About three and a half or four to, I'd like to say maybe six or seven, because then I got into motocross and road racing, um, and at that point, you know, at that period, I was doing all three, and the, then it just became, you know, <laughs> too much for him to, to keep traveling around with. So we picked we picked road racing, and um, I'm I'm pretty happy that we picked that. <laughs> yeah, Did you, you, still get to when ride you were racing, racing?
1: Oh,
0: sorry, yeah, I was going well, to, I was going to ask that too. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Moto, uh, who, who was it that you were looking up to when you were a kid from the Moto standpoint? Ryan Dungey. I'm
2: so glad to see him doing well. I am so happy because I've always looked up to him. Um, you know, I actually got to do some cool things in motocross. Uh, Bud's Creek was a pretty close track to us, so I'd, I'd go to Bud's Creek a lot um, for the national there. And uh, I met Ryan a couple of times. He was washing his bike, and I, I hadn't you know gotten the chance to get a picture with him uh, when they were doing the fan signing. And, uh, you know, I came up and he, he was washing his bike and whatever. And we asked for a picture and he came over, he started talking to us. It was really cool. And, uh, you know, every time at Bud's, I'd go over and talk to him. And, uh, in, I think 2016, I might've, I think it was 2016. Yeah. I got uh, accepted to do the KTM junior cup or not junior cup, (laughs) junior challenge in, um, Anaheim. For, you know, on the little fifties. That's
1: so cool. So, uh, Supercross?
2: yeah, the super. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And, uh, that was a really cool experience. Um, and to be, you know, technically teammates with him, that was a big thing for me. So, um, you know, motocross was always nice to me. I mean, besides injuries, it was a really cool thing.
0: So did you keep an eye on Jamie Ostadio when she was in junior cup as well? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I, uh, was pretty, Pretty good friends with Jamie too. Um, you know, I talked to her about maybe going down to south of the border and doing some uh, training down there. But uh, you know, obviously, I ran into some injuries before that, so it wasn't didn't really work out. But yeah, she you know definitely was one of the one of the first girls I saw in Junior Cup and uh, and doing well too. So it was it was really cool.
1: I think that when one of the coolest things. Kayla for me was I've seen you take pictures with so many of famous writers and people that you know like when you were doing the blue crew stuff I think last year overseas seeing your photos with top rack and all these these guys what I always found funny was when I finally got to really talk with you I believe it was Jersey in the grandstands if you remember yeah. we got to oh, talk a little bit right you remember that you yeah. bass that. crashed right in front of us and I remember walking away from there thinking to myself that because I did the same thing I had to do the Kayla selfie you know and I I remember thinking to myself, all these guys are going to look back and think to themselves, like, we got to take a picture with Kayla when she was 14 years old, and, you know, um, I think that now that you've won, they probably look at that a little bit differently as well. Last year when you were going over and doing those races, how much did that – how much do you feel like that helped you, going and seeing more new racetracks, racing in a different series and that kind of thing? It's
2: crazy. Um, I think that that just totally – Develop my riding. And I think it wasn't even for that season that developed my riding. I think I, you know, each round I was getting faster and faster, but I don't think any of that, any of what I learned was really implemented to my riding until the off season when I was actually able to focus and, you know, calm down, you know, uh, reflect off the season and be able to work on the things that, that I was struggling with. Um, but you know, blue crew was just such a cool experience. Um, being there with these crazy fast riders and then, you know, being in the world, Superbike paddock, it was just super cool. And, uh, those tracks, you know, having to learn them in one free practice session, you know, one twenty or 30 minute free practice session, go out for super pole and then just race was, uh, was crazy. So, um, you know, definitely. I, I think if I was just doing club racing, I wouldn't be anywhere near where I'm at now and uh, I'm really happy I was able to get that opportunity.
1: There's a lot of value there, though, learning how to... It really makes it to where every every second that you roll out onto the racetrack that it matters, you know, because you get such a short period of time. It's like you've got to make that time when you get on the track matter. And it's something that Greg and I have talked about a long time where getting up to speed quickly, we've seen a number of different guys in the past be able to do that. And, And Greg, can you imagine being able to... 14 years old, travel around the world and get to go see all these new racetracks and having to get up to speed that quick. I think that that holds a lot of value. Would you agree?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. It's absolutely crazy to think about what you have to learn and you're going to take that with you the rest of your career, you know? Yeah.
2: And after the first two times or first few times, you know, learning and track, you kind of develop a process of learning tracks and it comes easier and easier. Um, and you know, obviously now knowing the Moto America tracks, uh, Ridge being, you know, one of the first ones coming back to, I, I know, or I knew, um, you know, you just get to the track, you roll out and you have to, you know, you set your times and it's, it's really cool to go, go back to tracks. That's why I wanted to go back to Europe this year because, you know, now I actually know the tracks, but, uh, you know, I'm happy to be in Moto America and it's, it's really cool. Um, you know, the competition this year is really good and, you know, we see at, we saw it, Ridge you know our times are really close to the times last year you know our race time was um a little bit quicker than quicker than last year's which is a uh, really cool to see you know that you know it's not just the the top guys moving out it's you know the new guys coming up forward too um but yeah it's I'm really happy with how everything's gone so far and I'm, I'm definitely really fortunate to to be where I'm at
0: just skipping around a little bit, do you have experience on larger displacement motorcycles than the 400 at this point?
2: Yeah. So I, um, I mean the main one that I usually ride when I'm not riding a 400 is, uh, the Kramer 690. I ride that thing a lot. That thing is just so fun. Um, you know, it's, that's a pretty cool bike. It's pretty much in between a twin and a super sport bike, I I would say. And, uh, you know, it's, that thing is a really cool training bike. Um, but I've been on an R6 a few times, um, and I enjoy riding that thing. I rode the American Racing Moto2 bike at Walla and uh, that was really cool. Um, but have have yet to be on a 1000. I need to get on one soon. I'd like to be on one. <laughs> Try that thing out.
1: G-Dub, I, I saw Kayla on that Kramer before she came to the series. And I remember following her for a couple laps and thinking it doesn't even look real because she was so fast on the thing. And I was, you know, I guess you can't really help but laugh when you see somebody who's 13, 14 years old on this bike and Kayla, you were ripping on the thing. And- um, They almost
2: killed him pitting out.
1: (laughs) She almost killed me, Greg. Yep, she almost killed me. She did almost kill me. And I didn't know what to say because like, and and it's so weird because if you were- some 30, 40-year-old guy, I would have come after you and said, hey, like, just try to do this. But I didn't know how to – Greg doesn't even know the story. Yeah, but I haven't heard basic, the story. Basically, I was following her around. I don't even know why. I was I was just probably out there riding one day, and I, I saw Kayla, and I went up and followed her. And I'm like, oh, man, she's just doing great. Like, everything's good. And we came into the last corner at Chuckwalla, and I positioned myself just to the outside of her. And we're committed to going <laughs> through the last corner. And she decided just to stand the thing up in front of me and run off the wow, racetrack or go off clockwise around lane. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember I wasn't even mad. It was like I was more no, like, yeah. how do I handle this? Because I wanted to go over and say, hey, Kayla, just I'm Jason, by the way, uh, just in case anything like this happens again. But I didn't even know how to approach it. I just went and talked to Mickey. I said, hey, if you know her dad. Just go talk to her and just say, hey, just watch this a little bit. And because I didn't know how to yeah, I should've just come over to you and just introduce myself, is what <laughs> I should have done. I was too chicken. But um, yeah, anyways, that was my first introduction to actually seeing you ride. So let's go back to the beginning of this year because Greg and I at at Atlanta at the end of last year, we both sat there after the watching the races in the rain, and we both were like, Hey, Kayla's gonna be winning races next year. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. And I think I remember having those discussions with you a little bit during the off season out in the desert as well about, Man, I think you're going to be there this year. And you kind of were hoping, you know, I think you were being a little modest. Um, all of a sudden we roll into Atlanta. We roll into Atlanta and there you are. You've, you have you've show a very dominant position in the important places at that racetrack too. Coming down into turn 10, there was literally nobody that weekend that was going to get in there harder than you on the brakes. And that was pretty fun for us to watch. <laughs> that
2: was fun. Um, uh, I It was odd because I come out. I hadn't you know that that whole weekend I qualified by myself hadn't gone out with anyone the entire weekend and so going into race one you know I got a lot of pre pre-race nerves you know I, I was like well I don't really know how I'm gonna stack up because we did have an issue in qualif- or qualifying two for being a pound underweight so I got DQ'd and uh so my qualifying position wasn't great we had to go off the Q1 time so I was like, I don't know. We'll, just, you know, hopefully I just stay in the mix. I just need to stay in the draft. And then I, we, you know, we're going down the back straightaway get in the draft. We go into 10A, and I thought there was a problem. I was like, why is that? like this was? It was bad. Like I was like, oh, I was like someone, you know, someone low sided going into turn 10A. So I'm, I'm like checking up, trying to figure everyone out. And you know, I go up under a couple of guys. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess they're just, you know, breaking a little bit early. And uh, that race played out great. I mean, I was to be strong in that. In that part of the track, is huge because that's that's like the p- last passing opportunity besides the last corner, which is really hard to make a pass. Um, you know, that's that's the biggest part of the racetrack that you want to be good at.
0: Um, yeah, but Kayla, it's not the untold story of race one, too, though, is that ultimately your bike was, it was too soft for you to continue to do that, right? Yeah, Like, yeah. like you had more, you had more braking ability, but the bike wasn't set well, up right because you'd been alone all weekend. Yeah,
2: and race one, um, you know, I had a few moments going into turn 10A where I just, you know, front would just go on the curb, you know. Uh, I remember on the last lap on, on race one, I go up under Gus Rodeo and my front just folds and I, I save it. And, um, you know, even in the last corner where you have these large downhill braking, so the front's already loaded enough, and then, you know, we're braking really late. I'm just bottoming, and then it's just sitting on bottom forever. So, I mean, it was it was difficult. And, uh, you know, we've worked out a few things, and it's just gotten progressively better and better. Um, and, yeah, it's... It's going good now. We got the bike handling where we want it now. Um, but, yeah, I remember Atlanta was a bit a bit stressful trying to figure that thing out.
1: So as, it's as stressful, com- but you came... Sorry, Gidob, go ahead. As
0: commentators, we often look at riders and we say, okay, we know, like, if you talk about Petrucci in Superbike, you go, uh, his strength is breaking, 100%. If you look at Jay Gagne, his strength's everywhere, right, Jay? But I would say right now, probably his blaring... Is shining strength is probably what Jay picking up the bike off the edge of the tire and accelerating
1: maybe. As far as as far as the riding side of it goes, just listening to him talk about how much more he's using his feet and his lower body to get the bike through some of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. As a as and, and I think G Dub to your point uh from a race strategy side, it's those first five laps, right?
0: Right, but so Kayla, the yeah. question I have for you is. What? How do you rank yourself? Like, what it, do you feel is your strength on the motorcycle right now? If there was one characteristic, whether it's going to be getting into the corner, acceleration, you know, mid-corner <laughs> speed, like, what do you, what do you think you have right now that is just kind of as, kinda as,
1: as her attorney, I cannot let her answer that question before the season's over. G. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Fight, you know, I will yeah. just say, I can't, you we'll know, just know say what I mean? Breaking,
2: because you know, break. <laughs> I'm, I'm good in pretty, yeah. pretty obvious. Pretty yeah. yeah, obvious. Yeah. I mean, it, make I'm it surprised. the obvious one. I don't Kayla. know why i don't know why jason because, works uh, for
0: bike 911.com <laughs> now by the way
2: i'm
1: acting as your counsel right now yes
2: <laughs> yeah i'm not sure why i'm good in breaking because i think that you know um there was no no really key part to where i was like okay i'm just gonna focus on my braking. it's I'm just not sure why, but it's come pretty, pretty natural for me. And I'm, I'm happy that I'm strong there because that's like a really, really good thing to be strong in. Um, you know, and I also this year, I think it, I was strong in it last year, but the thing that hurt me the most was I was just not airy, it, sorry, not able to carry my momentum. And it was a lot of, just getting me to, you know, get into the corner, roll into the corner and get out. You know, I was just, I was riding it like a 600 or, or my bigger bikes. I was riding it like my bigger bikes. And, uh, you know, we definitely made that change over the off season to where I'm riding it like you need to ride a 400, not as much, you know, the bigger bike. But yeah, I'll say braking. I,
1: th- I think being great where you are great, It, it, it what it does your competitors know that as well. So it puts a lot of pressure on you as a rider that maybe can't get into the corners as well as you, or it, it's a feel thing, isn't it? Right? When it comes down to it, it's a feel thing. And if you have that feel where you're getting into the turn, like you said at turn ten in Atlanta, and it's kind of like, Why is everybody breaking so early? I can get in here deep and I can still make it through the corner and it's not I'm not sacrificing anything. When you have an advantage over you over the people that you're racing against in a situation like that, man, it does so much for your confidence, but it also will make them react different because it, it, at every track you go to, wherever the heartbreaking zones are, whether they're leading or they're behind you, it's difficult to go into those situations knowing that you've got somebody that might be a little bit superior to you in the, in that case.
2: Yeah. And even for me, it's like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. So there's no secret to it. I just, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> feel comfortable. Yeah, you feel comfortable. It's also like, for me, you know, I know these guys are going to keep progressing and they're going to keep getting faster. So they're going to keep, you know, breaking later. And when we get to that point where they're breaking later than me, you know, it also puts pressure on me to, you know, be better in some of the spots where I'm weak. So it's, uh, I'm happy that, you know, right now that's a good strong suit that I think I have over the other guys. Um, you know, there's definitely a few guys that break really late and put themselves in good spots, um, going into those last laps, but yeah, it's, it's definitely difficult. And I think for, I think everyone, it's just a lot of, um, something to look out for, obviously, like throughout the whole race. Um, but
0: yeah, we well, we'll, we'll get back to racing in a second, but go ahead and take us for a little bit of, about your life. I mean, I think sometimes we lose fact that, or, you know, lose sight of the fact that, I mean, you're, you just turned 15 years old. So all last season, here you are a professional motorcycle racer, carrying yourself well in the paddock, you're saying all the right things, you're doing the right things, but what's life like away from the racetrack for you? Like, you know, like, are you a typical teenager? Are you homeschooled? Do you go to public school? Like, what's your whole
2: routine? So I, I do online. I did online school. Um, we got out pretty early this year, which was nice. So uh, we got out right after VIR, which is which was cool. So I didn't have to worry about that the, the whole rest of the season um, until we get to our later rounds, obviously. But yeah, um, when we get home, I just tried to, uh, you know, hang out with my family Um, I talk to a lot of my friends, a lot of my friends that I have now are just racetrack friends, you know, it's just such a cool community. And to be able to part, to be a part of Moto America where, you know, a lot of the people you're racing with are, are like your family. It's really nice. Um, and yeah, I do that. I play my guitar, you know, ride my bicycle. I can't really do it as much now with my knee, but used to do that a lot. Um, (laughs) used to do a lot of BMX and and things, but I, I play my Play my video games like Greg every once in a while. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. gotta watch a Twitch. I gotta get. I gotta get on that. I, I need to watch a yeah. Twitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, I just hang out, train. You know. get well, ready. Let, what are let, your non? What are your
1: what are your non? What are your non-motorcycle friends? I mean, you've got to have a couple of friends that are not in the paddock. You know. Just- yeah people you've grown up with.
2: Yeah. I mean, how
1: much are they getting, are they loving seeing what you're doing right now oh, too? Of like, Are it's, they coming to any of the races? Or? Uh,
2: it's, it's awesome. I, you know, some of my friends from my school, because you know, this, this past year was my first year doing online school. So I'd, i you know, go to public um, every, every year before that. So um, my school was always really cool about it. My middle school was really nice about it. Um, and they, they do a lot of stuff. They, they'd show some of my videos uh, you know, in the auditorium and it was really cool. Uh, so a lot of my friends know what I do and they always, you know, when I post things, they always, you know, reach out to me, comment, things like that. And it's really nice to see their support. Um, and there are some, some of my friends that do motocross too, that I've ridden with in the past. Um, because, you know, moto is pretty big about, you know, where I'm at. So it's really cool. I'm, I'm happy to be in a community where it's you know they they actually kind of care about it and uh you know mm-hmm. they understand it to a certain extent
1: so one of the questions you dub i, I i've been thinking about how to answer, ask this but kayla i let's get back to the racing side of things real quick i you know it's july 4th i don't want to keep you all day but i think we're good i'm
2: doing nothing i just have to watch stranger things later That's oh the there you thing.
1: go like, greg I will know. be on Greg will be playing video games as soon as we get off this. I'm <laughs> sure. Am I yes. right, G Dub? Kind of. Am I right? Maybe? Uh, yeah,
0: right? yeah. Maybe I'll edit yeah, tomorrow. Probably. Play video game. Yeah. Ed- well, <laughs> it's double. It's double XP right now in Call of Duty. You know what I mean? And I'm oh, building. I'm, I'm building weapons. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. You know. What are you gonna do? It. You gotta double it. XP. Come on. Maybe Kayla and I will game it up. We, she does do MotoGP 2022, so maybe we'll oh, game it up does? later. She
2: does. Yeah, I, I got to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still getting used co- to the game. Dude, the no, 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 no. We, we just odd. play
0: Moto 3 because the the, the oh, okay. physics yes. for yes. Moto GP right. are garbage. Absolutely. Yes, they are. It's trash. so bad. Yep.
2: Okay,
1: it, okay. Back to Grace. back to JP. <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've been thinking a lot the last couple of days how to how to ask you questions and things. And I've I've I I was wondering if you could just <laughs> if you could do it in five minutes or less. I don't know if you can, but give me the range of emotions from the time you passed going into turn 10 on the last lap of the race that we, that we, that we, uh, it's, it's, a, it's gotta be asked, right? I, I'm more curious from the racer standpoint here. I feel like winning to you this year, you kind of came into it going, yeah, I think I might be able to get up on the podium or finish top five, but all of a sudden we're going underneath these guys going into turn 10. We don't, we don't see any problems with it. Obviously uh, as the writer that you are there, you're, you're, you're going underneath four people. Give us the range of emotions from the time you pass them to the time you get the news in winner circle. I mean, that, that, f- that three to four minutes of your life has to be probably the strangest for you.
2: Yeah, I'll even go from, you know, that last lap. That last lap was mm-hmm. eventful in itself. I mean, so I lead across the line, I believe, going into the last lap. I get drafted into turn one by Max Van, and we're coming up the hill in turn one. And I know where I want to be going on the last lap because I've, I've you know, done my, my run-throughs in the laps before. I knew, I knew where I needed to be. And I just, you know, I was looking around. So I go up into turn one, I look over my shoulder, I see Rodeo on my inside, and then um, I believe Joe on my outside. So I actually tried to let Gus in, going into the top of the chicane area, but, you know, uh, there wasn't much room because Max was right in front of me. So I give Max a little bit of a gap going in between, um, from top of the hill, like turn two to turn five give him a little bit of a gap because I knew I can run him in going into turn five. Uh, I come up turn five and I see, you know, I look over again and I just see Gus right next to me. I'm like, that is totally fine with me. Just let him by. Don't try to fight back going into turn six. I just let him in and then I block turn seven just to make sure no one goes under me because I knew that I needed to be either in third or fourth going into the back straightaway. So, Max is starting to pull a little bit of a gap on the back straightaway. You know, Gus wasn't really able to draft him too much, but we were starting to pull in at the end, and then I see Cody pull up next to me. I'm like, oh, no, this is not going to be great. So, I just position myself, you know, still in Gus's draft, but on the inside, far inside, and then I see Cody, you know, come into me a little bit. I'm like, oh, no, okay, this is going to be tough. So, we come down the hill. I was like, I'm just going to send it. You know, there's nothing – I have nothing to lose. I you know, didn't even know I was going to be here this weekend and be up at the front. I have nothing to lose right now. I'm just going to send it up the inside. I have, like, five other guys on the outside of me, and I'm like, this. Is, I don't even know if I'm going to make this corner. That in and if sells like, like, okay, turn 7, or not, sorry, turn 10A, I got one video from a, a videographer, and we could just see the chaos of everything going on in that corner. You have, like, eight guys passing each other. You know, Joe is, like, half crashing, you know, you have Gus rodeo sliding all the way through it and Levy just, you know, (laughs) sliding everywhere. And, uh, you know, that was one of the craziest corners of, you know, of my entire career. I go into turn 10 B and I'm like, okay, just try to get the best drive possible. I come over the hill and I'm just hugging the inside because I was like, if anyone's going to try it, they're going to try at the, at the top of the hill and try to get a run on me. I wait to the last second, move over a little bit so I can square up the last corner good. And as soon as I was going into the last corner, I knew I did it. And I was just, I was, I was bawling in my helmet, like coming across the line. It was just, (laughs) it was, it was insane. I had no clue. Like, you know, the three guys behind me crashed. I had no clue until I got to Park Ferme, and I just see a a STG bike and I was like, well, that sucks. (laughs) You know, all these dudes got a big pile up. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, I'm going front straight away. I'm just bawling my eyes out. And then Cody comes up to me and tells me, good job. Everyone's, you know, telling me, good job. And I'm just, you know, I'm doing my cool off lap. And I'm just, you know, the entire time I'm I'm crying. I'm screaming in my helmet. And I'm just, like, insanely happy. And then it's, you know, I uh, – it's uh it's crazy because <laughs> going into Atlanta, obviously, it was, like, you know – the hardest offseason I've ever had. And for me to go out and do what I wanted to do all year was, was really cool. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. And obviously for like, you know, everything that went on with my brother, it was just a huge thing for me. And I remember doing a track day over the off season thinking about it. I was like, I, I just had this, like, sense of clarity knowing that, I don't know, that there there was something in that track that I knew I could do something well. And, you know, it was it was really, really cool. And going down the back straightaway, just all the emotion and everything, it was just amazing. And the fans were going absolutely insane, you know, out of turn 10A and whatever. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm going through this, this loop. I'm just, like, saying hi to the fans, doing whatever. I come up the hill. And I'm obviously still crying, you know, <laughs> just yelling in my helmet, coming down the hill, going into park for And, you know, my dad's there, the whole team, every, all of my friends, whatever. And they're all in park for waiting for me. And then, you know, obviously I'm sitting there. I'm like super happy, whatever. We get the bikes in, uh, everything's going good. And I get my water, start to chug it because <laughs> it was really hot out and, uh, you know, got some pictures taken and yeah. And we were just sitting there and then I was like, this is taking a little bit long. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember Barbara. Being it's never good. Long. Right.
1: It's never yeah. good. Yeah.
2: And I was, yeah. Like, you're really
0: going like these TV people are really messing like, with us. What's on yeah. Right now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And yeah. then, so I just, she's like, you could just, you know, Hannah's talking to me. She's like, you could just sit down there. They're going over footage. I was like, for what? They're like, I don't know. She's like, I don't, I'm not really sure, but it's under review. As soon as I heard that, I was like, I was like, all that emotion was gone. I'm just sitting on the, you know, the uh, stage for the podium and I'm just sitting there and I, Brian got an amazing photo of me just sitting there, you know, not sure what's going on. You're like kind of in between. So already you go from the super high to this, you know, I have no clue what's going on right now. And that's already a huge step. And so I'm sitting there, I'm, you know, I'm still crying because I, I'm crying because I won and then I'm crying because I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I have no clue what's going on. I don't know what under review means. They're not really telling me. And then I hear someone in the back say something about a yellow flag and I'm like, okay, I didn't pass under yellow. I don't know. You know, it couldn't have been me. It's probably someone else on the podium because I don't, I don't remember seeing one. I didn't see one. So I'm sitting on the podium And then Hannah, because I talked to her after and she felt really bad about it, but there was nothing else she could have said. And she comes up to me and she says, there's going to, we're, we're switching the podium. And as soon as she said that, I just break out crying. I mean, that's, you go from the highest of highs, the, you know, the most amazing thing I've ever done in my career to just like, I don't even know what's going on. This can't be real, whatever. So I'm, you know, I, I, break down, I'm just crying. And then I'm sitting on the side of the podium. Um, and you know, I have like Cody coming to try to be there. And then, you know, the camera guys are coming up on me and then, you know, I have some of my team guys trying to get the camera guys away. And then I'm, you know, obviously I'm, I'm insanely upset. And so I, I
1: bet yeah they,
2: they take me up and some, someone picks me up. I don't even know what went on. I was just, you know, upset <laughs> and i'm I'm re- walking away from the track, you know I'm like physically sick at this point because that was just you know the from like I said the highest the highest to just nothing was insane, and someone takes me on a oh yeah, I was at the podium and Josh Heron comes up to me because I used to ride at the heron compound all the time, and uh you know he definitely helped me with, with my riding when I was a lot younger, and so he congratulates me and then walks back because they're you know uh, still getting everything ready for the super bike race that's about to come up. So I'm leaving park or, uh, leaving, um, the podium as I'm, you know, really upset. And I just see Heron and he walks out. He's like, what happened? He's like asking people because he sees me on the back of this golf cart crying my eyes out. And he's like, I don't, what, what happened? And I have nothing in my hands, no, no trophy, nothing. I just have me and my helmet. And, uh, you know, Mama Landers taking me out to back to my, uh, my, back to my camper. And, um, you know, it's just crazy. And I I just remember going to my camper and I was just so upset. I called my mom and then that, you know, I just, that was just a horrible feeling. You know, you, you know, you have that already a bad weekend, you know, crashing in free practice really early on and having to check the bike over, having some issues in qualifying and then having, dq and q2 and then you win a race and then it's taken away from you and then it's like you know whatever it's just crazy there's just so much that went on that in that you know span of 15 minutes and it, it was just insane uh, but to bounce back and to like be on top again is just awesome and i'm just i'm really happy about it i think going into the ridge podium or the Ridge win, I should say, I, I felt odd because I wasn't as happy as I thought I would be. You know, I'm definitely happy to be at, you know, winning a race, but I definitely don't take it as my, my first win. I think I'll always see Atlanta as my first win. And so, I mean, I was your
1: second, first win, second, first one.
2: Yeah, exactly. That was
1: the, that was the line of the year. And I, I'm so glad I asked you the question. Cause I know it's a question Greg and I both wanted to to, to ask you and even seeing the emotional side of you because when you do get that first win you can't regardless of whatever it is in your brain they could take it away from you or whatever but to you and your brain that's still the day where everything that you built up towards you were able to accomplish and so i i kind of in in no way can i compare anything i did to that because of all the things that you went through during the off season as well but um I think that you're in such a different place now. When you went at the Ridge, you've already been up at the front. You've already kind of did that thing in Atlanta that so many people gave you credit for. Um, even your competitors. I thought Max Van's interview afterwards was classy. The way he said, you know, I thought Cody, of course, class act. All, yeah. all the guys were, yeah. were pretty classy in that situation. But then you go do your thing at the Ridge, but it's a different Kayla at the Ridge than it was in Atlanta. In Atlanta, it was like a lot of firsts, a crazy weekend. At the Ridge, it's like, Everybody knows you're there now. Everybody knows that it's not unusual for Kayla to be at the front. Now you're not one of those people that are trying to find the pace. You're setting the pace. You're helping set the pace. So I, I kind of feel like that's the emotion that you feel now when you win. It's kind of like, well, this is what I'm working towards, and I know I can do it.
2: Yeah, and I think Ridge 100% has been was the best re- weekend of my entire career. I mean, from FP1 to – to the race. I mean, I didn't finish outside of, uh, you know, the first three places the entire weekend, which is something I've I've never experienced. And, uh, you know, I've never qualified better than seventh. So to come into the Ridge and qualify second was like a pole for me. Uh, you know, I, it was odd because sitting on grid and not having anyone in front of you was a little bit weird. Um, and uh,
0: yeah, I, yeah, you get that. I was, I
1: was just going to say, Kayla, that's a feeling that G Dub has never seen in his life. He's never not had eight rows of people ahead of him. So it's good <laughs> to mention that, yeah,
2: good. <laughs> but that was really odd. And, uh, you know, being up up front and, you know, in race one, I was a bit disappointed with, with third, because we knew that the setup was, um, not where we wanted it to be. And I had good pace, but you know, I, I was really interested of what, you know, uh, when Road Racing World or Moto America did that interview with the Superbike guys, what they had to say about, you know, me winning. And it was really cool to see them because obviously I feel like it's way more rider. I, I obviously think it's a great thing for, you know, girls and women in the sport. But for me, it's, it's you know, I'm a racer, you know, against all the other racers. And for them to say, you know, Peterson to even say we knew it was coming and then at a, a track where it really depends on the rider was, was the, a really cool thing uh, for him to say. And, you know, I was, I'm really stoked that it was at a track where it's, you know, not drafting the entire time. It's, it's racecraft and it's technique and technical riding. And, you know, it was, it was really cool. It's still really cool. And I still really, um, I'll always remember, you know, rich as my, you know, as my second first win, but you know, it's, it was cool.
0: (laughs) That should be on the trophy. Jason, when you look at, yeah, yeah, Pridmore, when you look at the Ridge versus, uh, Laguna Seca, I see a lot of similar characteristics in terms of it being a technical racetrack. Would you agree with that, Jay? That in terms of, you know, like it's not, the Ridge is probably closer to Laguna and pit race than it is to Road America and Road Atlanta, right?
1: I agree. I think that the biggest thing that, that Kayla talked about at the Ridge is there's not really a lot of drafting at the, at the Ridge. It was funny because like, Gus was pretty good like through the turn four area at the ridge when he pulled up alongside you on the last lap and you guys kinda of bumped each other.
2: Oh, I made um, a, yeah, I think it I looked, made a big mistake on I, that I, last lap. I was <laughs> so scared. I was like, oh man. I,
1: well, I knew that I knew that I thought in my brain, did you know that Gus was gonna incur a penalty? You had to have figured that out. Yeah, right? I knew it start. yeah, I knew
2: it from the start because so, I saw this jump start board. Um Yeah. So you knew that. Did there was you a know problem, did you I,
1: you do you know? the
0: rules did you know it was five seconds automatically for him yeah
2: because I remember last year at Laguna uh Max Van jumped the start and I was trying to stay you know on Max Van to try to get his position you know if if, you know when he got the penalty stay within his time yeah
1: I said though I'm sitting there thinking to myself there's no way Kayla wants to take the checkered flag second even if it's behind Gus and I thought that that was Probably the neatest part of that race, and even Gus said it didn't matter if I had a five second penalty; I wasn't beating Kayla today.
2: Yeah, it was really cool, and I, I was really happy to see that all those kids were all all really stoked for me. I think it was like I've, I grew up riding with a lot of them, and um, it's it's really cool because you know I I've always raced with them, and. Um, we kind of grew up together in racing and it's nice to be, to share a podium with these guys and they're all really respectful about it. You know, um, it it was cool. And talking about that race, man, that was, that was that last lap. I came up turn three and I was like, okay, this rear tire is starting to go. And I was, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hold it down in turn four. So I, throughout the race, I was pretty good through four and five, um, that's where I made my pass on Gus. So I knew I was pretty good through there, but it was just, it spun the entire way. And I was like, this is pushing me out wide. I was like, this is not going to be good. So I cut back a little bit and then I just feel something on the back. And I was like, okay, that's Gus. He's just going to come through. And then I just feel, him, you know, bump into me, give me a little bit of an elbow because, uh, you know, we've been doing that all year, me and Gus and me and Joe, I've just been, you know, bumping around, and it's all fair racing. As long as, you know, obviously, as long as they're not taking me out, I'm fine with it. You know, it's it makes good racing. <laughs> no, if it was um, Moto
0: Three, Gus would have a long lap penalty to start the race. But th- that's, yeah. oh that. that's not talk yeah, about
1: that. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, but yeah. don't get me started on the long lap stuff. <laughs> I think that the racing is incredibly, in- incredibly uh, close, safe, fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you consider the amount of everybody's looking for that same piece of track, and yep. I think all of you have done a really. A great job when Greg and I were uh, on, talking her, about let her. the story. Oh, I thought
0: dude. she was Come done. My, no, heck
1: no.
2: Sorry, I was just saying it's all clean like all the racing was clean. And that last lap, I was just trying to hit my marks and it all worked out well. I thought he was going to try to go under me in that last sector because uh, I was struggling there all weekend uh, with trusting the bike. Because uh, before like FP1, Q1, we just had troubles with the front end. So I was always coming down to the bottom of the hill and in the last corner waiting for my front to just give out. So I had no confidence in it, but yeah, it was, it was all really clean racing and I, you know, obviously I'm happy to have led across the line. Um, you know, I wouldn't have let Gus get it easy and I know he wouldn't let me do it either. So it was a good race, but yes, keep going.
1: (laughs) G Dub, when we were, after the first race, we got off the air after we watched the podium and I said to G-Dub, I'm like, I said, she's pissed. Like, she's not happy with third right now. And you could just see it. Like, I saw you looking at the tires of the other guys and kind of checking some things out. And uh, so you guys made some pretty big changes, huh, after the first race?
2: Yeah, really big changes. Yeah, I good. mean, it was night and day. And, uh, I mean, the thing is, like, I going – Getting third for me was awesome because it's just consistency and the consistency I wanted. I mean, we've had uh, from – we've had, what, now four straight podiums, which is absolutely amazing. I'm so happy with that. And, uh, you know, I knew I had really good pace. And in Q2 we made a big change that really helped. And uh, I think with the heat and as it got warmer, it just, you know – it affected the bike a little bit and not in the way that we wanted, but yeah, we made a huge change going into race two. Uh we made it in warm up. And warm up, you know luckily our warm up was later in the day. Usually we get our warm up at like eight AM. But uh we got lucky and got them <laughs> later on in the day at like eleven or something. And so we were kinda able to get that heat and um get what we wanted and we made huge changes. Uh and it just made so much of a difference.
0: I have a question. Yes. <laughs> do we, and then we in general as media or whatever, do we put too much emphasis on the fact that you're a girl? Cause I know that you talk a lot about being a racer. I talk a lot on the broadcast booth about you just being a racer. I don't generally bring that stuff up, but I know that you put in your social media posts, what you put, you know, about, you know, that you're the second, second woman to win and all that stuff. But do we put too much emphasis on it from your perspective?
2: I think that um it could go either way. I think it's for me, I think for well I'll just say for media at first. I think it's really cool to have that have that um I guess presence and make it known that, you know, girls can do it too and to be able to, you know, show that is nice in the media. From my side, it's always like, you know, I've always seen myself as a competitor. Obviously, I I know I'm the only girl out there, but, you know, I've raced with guys my entire life, and, um, you know, that's how I've always seen it. I've just seen it, you know, we're all competitors on the track. We're all, you know, obstacles we have to face, whatever. And, uh, you know, for me, I don't mind it. I mean, it's, it's cool because I think it inspires the younger girls and and even girls who want to get into racing, get into out of the track days, get into racing, uh, to, to be out there more. And, uh, I'm happy because I feel like the last few years there have been more and more girls getting into the sport, which is really cool to see. Um, you know, even in Moto America last weekend, uh, it was, it was really cool to see more girls out there. So yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty cool that, you know, they, they try to show that girls can do it too.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Now let's talk about the other elephant in the room, Cody Wyman in his age. Do you care? Cause I know some <laughs> no, people care. He's
2: all good. He's all good. I think it's cool because, you know, if anything, he's going to keep pushing us to be faster. And it's another guy we have to go out with and, uh, battle with, and it just, you know, helps our race craft and it's in the rules. I mean. I heard you guys talk about it last week on the podcast that that came out late. Sorry, great, but it came out late, and I was waiting for yeah. all week. But you know, my bad. <laughs> <did>. I'll take <laughs> but, that one. You're right. That, that I was ready. In, for in it. this
0: in one instance, it's my fault.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was, um, that, was <laughs> that was uh That was, you know, Cody's a cool, cool guy. I'm really happy to have him in the paddock, have him in the races because he's just such a such a nice dude. And um, you know, from Atlanta him congratulating me and and being there for me. And then obviously VIR, me losing my brakes, accidentally taking him out and then getting stuck under the air fence. He was the guy who pulled me out of the air fence. And, you know, I can't thank him enough for that because that thing was, I could not breathe under it. So, I mean, that was really cool of him. And, uh, going into Road America, he helped me out in qualifying and, you know, it's, he's out there. He wants all of us to do well. And I think that, um, he's, he's a really fast dude and he deserves to be there. So that's, that's my take on it.
1: Yeah. And I think that it, what it does is it, it the thing that's fun for me in all this is when you see those age differences too, because I think that the smart people are going to learn from a guy like Cody and the people you've got a little bit more of a connection with him this year than maybe most guys were drafting partners, as you said, at Road America. And I thought that was great to see the two of you out there being able to help each other a little bit. And it is kind of funny because we've seen him there, like you said, first guy at the podium in Atlanta was was Cody. I remember seeing him put his arms around you. Uh, and, and the same thing at uh, VIR, we saw him running towards the air fence yep. to, to help you out there. And, uh, yeah, he is a good guy. And I think his, his best days are ahead of him. Obviously, he's in the Twins Cup class now as well. But, Kayla, let's just talk about, you know, we, we again, we've we got just a little bit more time here. Eight points back now. We were twenty five yep. points back going into the ridge. I talked to you are about we, it. Are we taking the? Yeah, yep, yeah, you did. And are we are we going Jake Ganye effect here, where we're not worrying about the points right now, uh, or yeah, are we, or is it something that we're keeping an eye you on? Know,
2: I talked to you before the weekend about it. I was what twenty three points back going into the weekend, and uh, yep. you know, you just t- kept telling me you're like that's nothing, and I didn't really care about it. You know, I I was just happy to be up front. And that was the biggest thing for me this year is to see that progression. But, uh, you know, eight points back is not a lot. (laughs) And even 23 was not a lot. So I think that, um, you know, this championship has been blown wide open for everyone. And everyone, you know, the top four being within eight points is really crazy. And, uh, you know, for me, I don't really care about points. You know, it's it's cool to have points. And it's cool to be in that hunt. But I just want to keep, you know, checking off these boxes, getting the bike, feeling better and, and doing well in these races. I mean, obviously if championship comes into play later on, that would be absolutely amazing. And I, I'd want to be in that hunt, but you know, we're not really worrying about it. We're just, we're chilling out racing, having fun. And, uh, you keep you that
1: know. podium, keep that podium streak alive and everything try. will take care of itself. I'll I'll try, think, yeah. You know what I mean? I think every, <laughs> I think it'll all take care of itself. So where do you see yourself in 10 years? Where, where is your ultimate place? Ten years. I, I ten want years. to know where
0: she feels like ten next year because <laughs> the middle. Well, five
1: of, years from now, like what, yeah, like, but the thing you know, is, like in the MotoGP paddock, World Superbike paddock, Superbike yeah. here in America, like what? What? That's the yeah. Feel take I'm us through the
0: progression that you'd like to see because the weird bit is, I have a feeling that I mean, I understand that you're learning in SportbikeTracker.com Junior Cup right mm-hmm. now but something tells me you want to go oh, of course. and yeah, you no, can't I go don't. to super sport until you're 16. <laughs> yeah. So you're not going to turn 16 until, you know, less than three, five days and the less than a, a, year, a or year or whatever, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. The, the
2: only thing for me right now is about next year is I still have to go through my recovery process for my knee. And that's going to be the biggest thing for me is to make sure everything's good with that uh, after my surgery. But, uh, you know, I think about the future. I think, There's a few routes that we could go. Um, I think that going, you know, doing what Gerloff did is is a nice option. Going from, you know, Moto America to World Superbike. I really like the World Superbike paddock. I think that's somewhere I'd want to be in the future. Obviously, MotoGP is like, you know, something that's really awesome and that you want to do. But I think for me at the moment, I you know, I kind of want to stay on these, uh, you know sport bikes more than the the gp bikes at the moment so i think we're just going to keep ticking off the boxes see how this year ends up you know obviously if we keep doing well you know there could be more opportunities coming our way and um obviously we have a good team behind us that has a good bike uh even in the super sport and stock 1000 class so we'll see what goes on. Hopefully, uh, you know, everything ends up going well this year and with my recovery and we can, uh, get back on the bike, uh, at some point in the off season and keep training, figure out what we're going to do for next season. But as of right now, we're just full focus on this.
0: (laughs) And what is your, what is your regiment like off the bike in terms of you're, when you're not on the racetrack, but you're thinking about the racetrack. So eating wise, fitness wise, training wise, that type of stuff. Are you at the point now where you're already focused on that stuff? are you just a normal 14 slash now 15 year old who runs off of, you know, uh, an unbelievable metabolism and you're just going out there having fun and you stay fit?
2: Uh, food is probably the only thing that, um, I'm not doing as well as <laughs> because I remember you and, at you and Petrucci. Because, uh, yeah, I remember at uh, Ridge, we got literally tacos every single night. We went out and got <laughs> got some tacos every night, so that was probably not the best. And I had cake, but somehow that weekend I lost three pounds. So we <laughs> had to birthday. put yeah, we <laughs> we had to, we I lost three pounds, so we had to put more weight in the bike, which was not, <laughs> not ideal. But oh wow, no yeah, kidding, really. But That's funny. um, you know, I think everything else. I, I try to keep my fitness well. Um, obviously with the injury that it's limited a lot of stuff, but I've worked around it pretty well. And, um, you know, I obviously watch a lot of racing. I, I you know, analyze races, keep, go back to my races, um, and, you know, train and concentrate on it uh, as That's much as where you see
0: yourself in 10 years, kicking Pridmore out of the booth got, and yeah. being oh, the okay. analyst.
2: Gotta do that. 10
1: years. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. funny because, Bailey, like you, Kayla comes up to me at Road America, GW, and we start talking. And, and she's like, "Jay, I, I've got a torn ACL and MCL." I'm like, "And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, those are actually injuries I've never had. So I'm thinking, uh, recovery. What's the recovery? I go, well, what, how, what do we do? Like, Kayla, what do we got to do? What's, what's happening? We have a good doctor. What's happening? She's like, oh yeah, no, I'm having surgery two days after barber. And I'm like, Bar- barber? <laughs> it's the end of the year. <laughs> I was laughing. I was laughing at you because I was thinking to myself, most people. In in a normal world, that's not normal for a lot of people that would listen to something like what we're talking about right well, now. Well, if she was a soccer
0: like, player, you'd have surgery done right there on the correct.
1: Pit. Yeah, if you're basketball, football, any of that. But when you talk about it right now, how is it? It's is it harder for you to walk right now than it is to ride?
2: I would say because I think well, with riding, it's like you got in free practice FP one at the beginning of the weekend. You're like, okay, this hurts. This doesn't feel great, and it's a then little
1: stiff, huh? Yeah, yeah. and
2: we've kind of worked on things to maybe help with that. And it has worked a little bit better, but during the races, I don't really feel it because, you know, you just have so much adrenaline. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but as soon as you step off the bike, like as soon as I get off the bike, I'm like, Ooh, okay. <laughs> catch my step yeah, here. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's for me, like even just walking around, it doesn't hurt too bad, but I can't fully like extend it. So I, you know, I have a little bit of a hobble and, uh, you know, it it just has to, uh, I just have to watch what I do because obviously I'm, you know, running around with my friends at the racetrack. Not running, physically can't run right now. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> riding yeah, yeah. around on the pit bikes and, you know, just you just have to, you have to, have take to care be careful. Of it the best you can. Yeah, and yeah. that's why yeah, yeah, when yeah. I get home, a lot of my, my stuff is just, you know, recovery and rest from the weekend. You know, just that first, those first few days is just, you know, let your knee recover. Put some ice on it. Get some rest. Elevate it. Whatever. Uh, you know, take your ibuprofen so it doesn't swell up. But, you know, it's all good. We're getting there. Well,
0: you it's know what the best good. form of recovery is for that knee? Video gaming.
2: <laughs> you got a right. game. Uh, got to game it out.
0: <laughs> you elevate that knee, right? You get a nice ottoman, you know, and then you put <laughs> yep. the you put the uh, ankle up there. And you, what's the matter, painful. JP? You okay?
2: It's
1: painful. I. Greg, if that's the case you've had two bad knees for about twenty years. <laughs> yeah. So I fail to see Anyways. how it's funny, Kayla. Literally I know. like and we're bummed for you on that, but I think that it will you know, you get it done right after Barber and uh, your off is gonna be a, a little bit different than most, but you'll be ready to go for the, the following season. So, Let's hope so. um it's <laughs> been I don't know, GW, what you got left over, but it's been really great That's it. having you. That's on it. The we're going to be done with yeah. this
0: podcast. I mean, obviously, next yeah. week we're going to be talking about uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, and hopefully, we'll be talking about Kayla and uh, her success on the podium and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, you know, so Jason, why don't you say the second to last word? And Kayla, since you've heard this podcast, you know how Jason takes us out. Why don't you take us out totally? So, Jay, what do you got to say?
1: Well, Kayla, thanks again for being on. For all you road racing fans here in California, looking forward to getting up to Monterey. And uh, we will see you at the races. Everybody enjoy your 4th of July, and we'll talk soon.
2: See you guys. Thank you.